When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019, AM 1260, The Horn. It is The Horn. It's Hook Em Up with Ian Rodby rolling on into Hour 2. Get over the hump and uh, talking Super Bowl 58. All the NFL comings and goings. And there were some big developments yesterday on the coaching front. Only two NFL vacancies remain. And uh, two of the top potential candidates said, nah, not interested staying where I'm at, including down in Houston. We'll get some details on that. Also, Rod will have a rant coming up. Uh, it's first of two today. Rod, what are we ranting about here in the 7 o'clock hour? Uh, I want to rant about something that is um, it's upsetting about half of the football fans out there. They're upset about this thing. So we got to discuss it. Got to bring some it. stats and analytics to the table to bring some uh, perspective and clarity to this very divisive issue. Let's do it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have that coming up. Also, uh, we talked about Jerry Jones speaking to the media yesterday, talking about the direction of the Cowboys, and it seems like it's all different directions at this point. He's gaslighting you, Cowboys fans. I'm just going to tell you. I'm sorry. He's gaslighting you. It, it, it's just that simple. He, he, you know, he, he basically believes that you guys are gullible, and he's just going to tell you, like most politicians, unfortunately, he's going to just tell you what he thinks you want to hear. Boom. And he's, that's why, as he's mentioned, they're mixed signals. They're mixed messages. It's like, no, no, it's not adding up. If we, if we laid all this out together, it doesn't add up. And it doesn't add up, not because Jerry's senile or crazy or anything. No, he's crazy like a freaking fox. He's gaslighting you guys, and he needs to sell, as he mentioned, sell hope and change. But that's hard to do with what everybody just witnessed. So he's going to sell it, but sell it. he's going to package it differently to different segments of the fan base. Yeah, he's, he's hoping uh, that you know, hoping that each one of y'all buys something different uh, as an element of the the new hope for the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, and as we said right after the Green Bay game, he can't now sell stay the course, but that's what he's selling. But he's trying to sell stay the course without saying stay the course. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, run it back. And now we're talking yeah. about uh, around the rim. And you know yeah. things of that nature, but uh, it is it's different messages. It's, it's, it's actually really, it's pretty smart. It's a good game plan. You said he went away for a couple of days. Why did he go away? He needs to come up with a strategy. And the strategy now, I think, is simple. It's all right. I'm just going to say different things to different segments, and some people will will obviously they they'll reject anything I say. But a lot of the, the population they'll take one thing he said that they agree with and go, you know what? That's I think I like that about what Jerry said. I like that he said. You know what? They're around the rim. He's right about that. Or I like that he said, oh, he's not extending Mike McCarthy because Mike McCarthy can't win the big one. He should look to upgrade the coach. Or that he's not extending Dak just yet. You brought that up. He hasn't guaranteed that he's going to extend Dak. These are all things that don't add up, but they can mean different things to different segments of the, popu- of the, of the populace, right, in the fan right. base. Well, and that's the thing, right? Until he <laughs> extends Mike McCarthy, which he's not going to do, then he's really not committed to him, but he's saying he's committed to him. Then Bill Belichick. Same with, same with the quarterback. Then he throws out Bill Belichick. <laughs> that I want to make it clear. I could work with Bill Belichick, yeah. and I think then, he's a hell of a coach. don't some fans go, yes, thank you, Jerry. You can worry. He might get Bill Belichick. So different, and then you get, by the way, when you were looking at it, you add it all up, you're like, okay, now I've got 60% of the fan base. They're hopeful for different reasons. 
But at least they got a little hope in their buying in. That's all I need. Is he running for president? No, he's just politician. It's <laughs> politics, man. That's politics. what you do. You just that's why you can't trust a politician. Well, I've heard, it is, it is interesting that uh, about every every ten years we get to this point. But I have heard from more cowboy fans than than I remember that have said yeah. I'm no longer I'm no longer interested. I, I agree with that. Not watching. Ty has already sold his his allegiance, and several a lot of my friends. Yeah, you know, just uh, oh, we're going to be Texans fans this year. We're going to be Texans fans. We'll root for C.J. Stroud. Uh, no, Jerry Jones is feeling. Oh well. When they time they going to play the Texans? That'd be fun with C.J. Stroud. That'd win that next regular. I mean, it's every yeah, four yeah, years, right? They play. Something like that. I think you're right about that. They do the way the schedule. Yeah, is. Yeah, generated. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I think it's every four. Uh, all right. Well, look, uh, let's get to the headlines, the trending topics. Rod, I'll get to the rant. We'll talk some Jerry Jones, but we got other news to uh, get to. Top stories brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Uh, Rod took you through it behind the burn orange curtain, but it is official now. Two weeks after Bo Davis left for the LSU Tigers, five days after news of his replacement broke, the uh, Texas football program yesterday officially confirmed the hiring of Miami Dolphins assistant defensive line coach Kenny Baker. According to Coach Sark, he says Kenny came highly recommended from people I respect in the industry. Had a great time talking with him during our interview process. He'll be an awesome addition to our staff. Uh, He highlighted his tremendous track record of developing players at the high school, college, and pro level. And he says he checks all the boxes as a coach. He was already on the ground working and recruiting and down in the Houston area yesterday. Kenny Baker, the new D-line coach at Texas. Several major coaching developments in the NFL as well yesterday in Detroit. What a day they had there. Lions offense coordinator Ben Johnson, who is seen to be the leading candidate to be the new head coach of the Washington Commanders and possibly the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, announced publicly that he's returning to Detroit instead of pursuing either team's head coaching positions. 37-year-old says he made the final decision after a conversation with his family. Washington officials found out about his decision while en route to Detroit to interview the highly regarded offensive coordinator. Down in Houston, similar good news for the Texans, who are going to hold on to their standout young offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick. He has generated interest as well and certainly would have been a candidate at Washington once Ben Johnson made his decision. But according to NFL insider Albert Breer, um, Slowick has earned a new contract with the team. He'll be staying. uh, Texans quarterbacks coach Gerard Johnson, former Texas A&M quarterback, another key member of Houston staff, is also also staying put, according to the NFL Network. So with those two developments, Commanders and Seahawks are likely to turn their attention to Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald and uh, Cowboys D.C. Dan Quinn is back on the top of some lists here. In Pittsburgh, the Steelers announced they have hired former Atlanta Falcons head coach Arthur Smith to be their new offensive coordinator. He had been the offensive coordinator in Tennessee before going to Atlanta. Houston Cougars now occupy the top spot in the Big 12 and Big 12 basketball after last night uh, up in TCU. How about the Horn Frogs? They took down... Texas Tech 85-75. That knocks the Red Raiders out of the top spot in the Big 12 standings. Cougars now at 6-2 alone atop the conference. Texas Tech and Iowa State are both 5-2. And, and TCU's win along with 8th-ranked uh, Kansas thumping Oklahoma State in Stillwater last night. Put the Horn Frogs and Jayhawks both at 5-3. and three. At 3-5, three and five, Texas is looking up at the leaders. They'll be in Fort Worth for a 1 o'clock tip on Saturday afternoon. And news from baseball, Baltimore Orioles owner John Angelos has agreed to sell that franchise to a group led by two private equity billionaires for a value of $1.7 billion. Uh, or as we mentioned, Orioles Hall of Famer Kyle Ripken Jr. is a part of that ownership group. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight. Yes, interesting to see the uh, coordinators, big-time coordinators in the NFL decide to stay with their teams. Just yesterday, I remarked that over 84% of the coordinate, offensive and defensive coordinators in the NFL had changed 
change jobs. All right. So basically, eighty-four percent of it, uh, basically, uh, you look at all the NFL teams. All thirty-two teams had changed offensive coordinators at least once in the last two years, and I believe it was twenty-two of the thirty-two teams had changed defensive coordinators in the last two years, all for different reasons. I mean, some guys get fired, some guys get promoted. It's different reasons. Um, but it just—I I just talk, remarked about the turnover. Just so much turnover. Even with the head coaches, their the average uh, stint for a head coach with any team is now under four years. So that's really short. So I think that also shortens the coordinator life um, as well. And guys are fast risers. Guys are becoming head coaches at a younger age now too, because they're being considered at younger ages uh, with these dynamic offenses. But it's just interesting to see two of the hottest offensive names decide to take their names out of the head coaching carousel in Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick when we you don't really see that. And I'll give props to Cal McNair because in Houston, at least, uh, the buzz is that Cal McNair stepped up and paid big money. We don't have the dollar figures just yet, but he paid big money to make sure that Bobby Slowick uh, stayed and signed an extension and also got a raise, but also Gerard Johnson, who was also being considered for some offensive coordinator jobs. He's now the quarterback coach there with the Texans, and he's going to stick around too. He got a raise and extension. So give Calvin Nair some credit. I don't know what they're being paid, but I imagine probably being paid some big bucks uh, so to make sure that he keeps some continuity around there in Houston, around his young superstar quarterback now yeah and you have a prize in the industry which is a you know quarterback on a rookie contract so you know he way outperformed his rookie deal as far as value in the quarterback position well so now you can invest that in his coaches right the ones who are working with him you want to keep that continuity where you can you know D'Amico Ryans is a defensive coach and he's going to focus there and on the team but it you know these are the two main guys working with C.J. Stroud Bobby Slowick and Gerard Johnson um, you know, to lock them up and give them a bump, you know, you can afford it. <laughs> you can oh, yeah. afford it. And it keeps, you know, what you don't want to do with a young quarterback is all of a sudden, which, you know, Bobby Sloak had taken the Washington job, you know, you're either promoting Gerard Johnson, which would have been fine, but you're, you're also changing the continuity of your young quarterback. You want to keep that as in line as possible. Um, you know, you know, just take the best in the world right now, and that's Patrick Mahomes, right? He got the two – to Kansas City, got to sit behind Alex Smith with Andy Reid and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Eric Bieniemy at the time. And what do you know? You know, they, they kept that together. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes has had that familiarity all the way. I think that's very, very important. We've seen it at, at Texas with Sark. That's what Sark wants is to keep mm-hmm. his continuity with his players as much as possible, uh, especially as they develop. And, and C.J. Stroud is still in that developmental stage. He's way ahead of the curve. Yep. But uh, to keep the, the voices the same, I think, is uh, really, really good for the franchise. Yeah. So I'll give uh, – It's count. worth the dollars, whatever you're paying them. Yeah, well, and it's some salary cap on coaches. You can pay coaches whatever you want to. You just mentioned Jim Harbaugh, 16 mil. Yeah, you can pay coaches whatever you want to. That's actually one of the advantages I don't think owners use enough. Like, I just, I just money whip coaches. Like, no, nah, you're going to stay. You should stay as a coordinator. I'll make you, I'll make you something. Cowboys ridiculous. have done it to the yeah. credit of Jerry Jones with Dan Quinn. I'll make you the highest paid coordinator in, in the NFL, stuff like that. I would do that a lot, especially for some of these young hot shots, just especially if you're in win-now mode and you want to – like the Detroit Lions, I don't know if that's the case with them. Um, but I would if I was the Detroit Lions because I do think they're kind of in a win-now mode because of Jared Goff. Oh, 100%. And, and where, you know, where he is. But it's, it's, it's amazing that Ben Johnson stuck around – there as well because you just, you just don't see that this is like i remarked yesterday you don't see coordinators for a lot of different reasons stay at jobs long in the nfl anymore and now you got two of the hottest names deciding take their names out Although, of the head coaching uh, carousel yeah the money is so great now even for assistant coaches 
that if you're comfortable there and you got a young family and you can keep winning and keep coaching, and then maybe because again, not every job's the same. The Washington no. job's different. It's new owners. You're not sure. No one's sure in the industry how Josh Harris and that ownership group is going to manage and navigate. Uh, you don't have a quarterback, so you're going to have to draft one, which is always uncertain. We know that because, you know, Ben Johnson is originally from, from the Carolina area, right? Went to South Carolina. He's from the state of North Carolina. There was thought that the Carolina Panthers would wait on him and mm-hmm. kind of try to bring him in to coach yeah. uh, the, you know, Bryce Young and develop their young quarterback. But I believe early on in the process, Ben Johnson made it clear, I'm not, I don't want I'm that not job. Interested. I'm not want that yeah, job. Don't waste your time. You've coached. you fired. Do you, do you realize that, that uh, <laughs> the Carolina Panthers owner Dave Tepper has three coaches now under contract for the next three years. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't care about the money. He doesn't care about the money. But this is bad management, right? It is. Matt Rule is still going to get paid by the Panthers for the next three years. Frank Reich is going to get paid by the Panthers for the next three years. And he just signed his new coach, Matt uh, Canales, Dave Dave Canales, Canales. to a new six-year deal. So he has three head coaches now under contract for the next, you know, three seasons. Hey, he'll get it right one of these times. <laughs> Maybe. And you know what? He's got enough money to keep swinging and missing, keep oh. whiffing on those coaches. You know, I give Ben Johnson credit to saying, nah, that's my home state. But no, I'm not interested. And even Washington, when the, I mean, they're on the plane flying there. Yeah, they were, that, that's the report. Is that that's they who they wanted. There. Yeah. Remember Just we told you last him. week it was Boomer Esiason who said it's a mortal lock, but uh, it was a lock until Ben Johnson said, nah, I'm going to stay keep coaching this Lions team. We have unfinished business. Uh, yeah. I mean, Detroit. they were close. You had a 17-point lead on the 49ers. So, yeah, I see why they believe that they had, they had a shot to They're close to the Super Bowl. The- they were close. And, and I, re- I went back and rewatched that game, and I will say those fourth downs, now rewatching. A little bit is that on – I don't like I don't like the call. Mm-hmm. The calls, you know, one of them was a drop, so that's just, just bad execution. But when you start looking at the um, like the calls, those four, it was a fourth, fourth and two and a fourth and three, right? Correct? Mm-hmm. One in about, the third quarter, one in the fourth. Yeah. Remember, Detroit, Detroit was able to run on the 49ers. Now, the, the 49ers actually, they were able to, I think, make some adjustments later on in the game. But they were still able to run on them. Remember, they ran for, what, 29 times, 482 yards. That's uh, 6.3 yards per rush. Um, you go look at it early on. Uh, the 49ers, th- they were very susceptible to that to the, to, to the, to the edge rush, right? I'm sorry, the, uh, the perimeter rushes. We talked about that early on. Um, and I don't know why, but when they ran their fourth and two and at fourth and three, Detroit ran it from a shotgun. They ran it from a pistol. Which is interesting because they actually they and one of them was an empty formation actually. Uh, the fourth quarter attempt with Goff wasn't empty. Well, and I and, saw and they didn't even. So my point is, in fourth and two and fourth and three, you're talking about a team that can run the football like really, really oh, well. Great offensive line. They're averaging like six yards a carry. So uh, 49ers are worried about the run, and you don't even go into center to use play action as a way to deceive and a way to counter what the 49ers are doing. Also, they're the best under center play action team in the league. Yeah, yeah Goff's under center more than any quarterback in the league by a lot. And they're great at it. And in those moments, fourth and two and fourth and three, I think you, you probably still could have passed. It's all good. But you probably should have went to the center and use play can, action. At those distances, you can, you can still run the football, oh, obviously. Exactly. And play action then is more effective. Especially the fourth and two. Well, in the one in the fourth quarter, which was the critical one of the game, um, I saw our friend Emmanuel Acho breaking this down. Dre Greenlaw does a great job of, of showing man coverage, and then they dropped into zone. Because, you know, the offense wants to trick the defense, but the defense can trick the offense too. Agreed. Dre Greenlaw did a great job of chasing the uh, Jameer Gibbs, the running back, and making it look like man. 
which then that was the call, right? They're going to call a man beater. And they on the snap, they dropped his own, which you see Jared Goff, his, his intention was going to be throw to Jameer Gibbs and get the three yards. But there was, uh, you know, Fred Warner standing there because he thought he'd be Drake Greenlaw chasing him, which wasn't going to work. Even more reason to go under center yep. play action. Yep. You, let, you, you, occupy, the, you occupy Greenlaw, occupy right. Warner and all those guys. I don't disagree. For the team that's under center more than, and had run the ball like crazy. Yeah. Uh, but either way, I, I'm taking the three points. Just kick the ball. Make it 27 <laughs> all in that spot. Um, all right. I would also say this, and, and this is for Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick. If your agent's doing his job, uh, he knows the room. He knows what's going on. And I will mention again that there's a lot of belief in the league that Andy Reid is uh, either going to consider stepping away from the Chiefs this year or next year, um, you know, which who doesn't want the Chiefs job? If you're the top young offensive mind in the game yeah. and there's an opportunity to, to land in Kansas City potentially in a big-picture way, uh, and, you have, and, and you've done what you've done with Jared Goff and the Lions, and that's better than Washington. <laughs> that's better than Washington. Better so if you're thinking long-term, and I also mentioned that you know, Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, their head coaches aren't super secure right now, Nick Sirianni and Sean McDermott. And even in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, who's a, who's a franchise young quarterback, um, you know, Doug Peterson, not on the firmest of ground there. So if you're, if you are the just assume top offensive mind and top candidate, those are better jobs. And if you can do, and if you go back, try to finish some business in Detroit, keep your name hot as can be with Jared Goff. Uh, next year, there could be some really good jobs available as opposed yep. to trying to rebuild whatever's going on in Washington. It's a better coaching carousel. Yes. It, it, will, it will have to be. There are two options that you have now. And there's no guarantee of that, but it's also if you have guarantees in Detroit that this is where I like being, we can win a Super Bowl here, keep my name and you know, develop the, the, this offense, better jobs could be coming. Because I think, I don't know about all four of those things happening, but two of them could. His stock will stay high too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And slow it too, you know, going back, getting a raise, and continuing. As long as you're working with C.J. Stroud, you feel like the wins, uh, you're going to uh, keep your name on the top of the list too. Uh, all right, Rod, good stuff right there uh, on the coaching carousel. We'll get more on Jerry Jones coming up. A lot of folks weighing in on the text line, not buying Jerry Jones' uh, line, line of BS, as they say. Hey. Uh, also, by the way, this, this text on Jerry Jones was interesting. It says, uh, guys, uh, screw them. Those people were never true Cowboys fans. That's true. This says none of us Cowboy fans believes Jerry. He is the ultimate BS artist, so, <laughs> which is true. <laughs> uh, it says Jerry Jones won his first Super Bowl. And this is our man, our show historian and uh, part-time producer, CB, on the text line. Jerry Jones won his first Super Bowl as an owner of the Cowboys 31 years ago today, Super Bowl 27 at the Rose Bowl. 31 years ago today. Wow. Three Yesterday decades. was the, uh, the day of the hmm. second Hmm. In the Georgia Dome when they yeah. beat the Buffalo Bills. He knows how to win them. He knows how to win them. He just doesn't like to win them that way. He yeah. knows, he how knows to win exactly them. how to do it. He, he just does. won't do it. That's why, <laughs> that's why it's been a 30-year frustration for yeah. Cowboys fans. He knows exactly what he should do. <laughs> yeah. But he sells he the alternative. He refuses to do it. He just won't do Ego it. Ego is the enemy, Rod. Yes, All right, sir. let's get to Rod's first rant of the morning. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. Asking themselves the same question. What is behind? I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, now, the football community is a little bit divided on this uh, Taylor Swift thing, whether 
we should be happy that Taylor Swift is now part of the fabric of the NFL. <laughs> Some people are annoyed by it. Ty is one of the people that are annoyed by it. Um, I don't think uh, E and I care one way or the other. Actually, I'm happy she's a part of it. I don't think E cares one way or the other. So New York Times, they went deep into this uh, conversation and discourse, and they wanted to add some actual numbers, facts, all right, to this, this conversation that people are having about Taylor Swift and whether she is giving too much attention during NFL broadcasts. And which, by the way, NFL fans by nature, football fans by nature, we dissect and we overanalyze every play. And think about how many players in a football game. I don't know, 100, whatever there are in a football game, roughly 100 plus, a little over 100, uh, a little under 100 plays in a football game. And yet they're all four-second plays, <laughs> three, four, three to five-second plays. I guess one of those or two of those plays with Patrick Mahomes and Lauren Jackson end up being seven or nine seconds. But most of them are four to five-second plays. And we dive deep, go down a rabbit hole about these four or five seconds. <laughs> That's what football fans do. I mean, there are only about 18 to 20 minutes of actual football action in a football game. That's it. In your three-and-a-half-hour broadcast, there's about 18 minutes of actual football being played from snap to whistle. And yet we dive deep into them 18 minutes <laughs> of actual action. And most of the football game is fluff thrown in there. It's all the other elements. It's your commercials. It's the, the shots of the fans. It's the shots of the broadcast team. It is, a, it is truly a production. It's a television production. Other than that, it would, you'd be bored with just the 18 minutes of football action that you actually see. So in addition to that, keep in mind that when they – Show Taylor Swift compared to the football action, that little three or four seconds that we see her for long for for text for any for any football fan, period, any football fan, you overanalyze it. You're gonna overanalyze those three or four seconds that she's shown on screen, especially if you don't like it. So that's the psychology that I think the New York Times article dives into. So they went to look at how many times she was shown on screen per game and how many seconds it added up to. And the reality says is that Taylor Swift typically is on screen for less than 25 seconds over the course of the entire broadcast on average. <laughs> Think about it, You're really annoyed over 25 seconds. That's about right. That's, uh, it, they, it's just little quick flashes. It's little quick flashes, right? The Chiefs versus Ravens, four times shown, 32 total seconds. That's it. People are upset about it. Think about it. You're upset about four times and 32 total seconds. Chiefs versus Bills, showed her five times for 24 total seconds. It's a three-and-a-half-hour broadcast. Versus Chiefs versus Dolphins, five times. This was a long one, a minute and 16 seconds total on that one. That was actually – that's a little – I mean, I guess that's, that's, that's pretty long considering what a football broadcast is. All right. Uh, Chiefs versus Bengals, three times for 12 total seconds. Chiefs versus Raiders, three times for 14 total seconds. So keep in mind, if you, I, I haven't added all of it up, but it seems like it's going to add up to less than like three minutes <laughs> of Taylor Swift being shown, maybe three to four minutes of her being shown total the entire football season during a football broadcast. So just at, for perspective, if you're annoyed by it, and I know some people are, just think about how long she's actually on screen. And I guess maybe you're just annoyed for you know, twice as long afterwards <laughs> you see her on screen, but she's not on screen that long. It's just flashes, well, which is what all NFL games are of anything, though. It's just flashes. Even your plays. Like I said, they're four to five seconds. 
But we dive deep into them and overanalyze them, and we're too critical, and we dissect them. We're doing the same thing with Taylor Swift. It's just four or five seconds. Well, it is. And uh, as I've said, I think it says more about the people who get annoyed by it than Taylor Swift or anybody else. And some people were annoyed. Look, they did a promo for the Grammys and used her. She's won. I think that's the one, the minute and 16 one. Yeah, that was a long one. I think that's the Well, because one CBS game. carries the Grammys, and they were carrying the football game, and the Grammys are this weekend. So, of course, you're going to do it. Hey, look, there's Taylor Swift. The Grammys, a quick reminder, Grammys are coming up. Uh, the world, you know, the biggest night in music, and Taylor Swift will be there. And she's up for multiple Grammys again this year. So, um, you know, that, that's logical. Oh, yeah, you're right. That was the Chiefs-Ravens game where they did Grammy promo. That was 17 of her 32 seconds that she was on screen. Yep. Uh, so and that, that was a was promo by CBS for that was, CBS. Yeah, that was them. It was synergy. And that was them working together. Cross, logical. Pro, cross promotion. But, yeah, I don't know. What, oh, oh, here you go. The, the explanation for the Chiefs Dolphins when she was on screen for a minute and 16 seconds was that basically they were, and this kind of makes a lot of sense, that they were also, it was that streaming Peacock game. Sure. It was, that, it was the Peacock one. And apparently there was a lot of talk um, in that game about, I don't know, well, basically – basically where she would sit and it was like family stuff and they were talking about the family but they showed her a lot because they were actually showing the family and she was in the shot so that's 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 their explanation for it. but either way she's not on she's not on camera that long it's the whole point correct she's uh, not on camera very long well look and unfortunately like a lot of things in our uh political discourse it falls on partisan lines in a lot of ways and becomes a conversation piece that way uh to push narratives and and you know stir pots and things of that nature oh and that was the use check jack remember christian use check Kyle Juszczyk's wife sure. made a jacket for her. That was also the jacket game. Yeah. The, the, the and now she signed game. a, a trademark deal with the NFL. Yes. A licensing to deal make to make, make gear. And honestly, Taylor Swift is probably the reason she got the deal. She's going to make a fortune. I think people started asking about it because they saw Taylor Swift in the Kelsey jacket that she had made. So that's why she got more on-screen time there. Well, I know it annoys people. But also, if you're annoyed, you might be annoyed at the Super Bowl. If the Chiefs win, there is speculation. That he made, that Kelsey may pop the question well, on the field. That, you can bet on there that. There is speculation that, they, and they want it to happen, so the NFL would, they they do everything within their power to get her down on the field, get everything situated, so that if the Chiefs win, that Travis Kelsey could pop the question on the field. They, there have been public I love yous already. It's real. I know Ty don't want to hear that. Even if it started off as fake, now it is real. And yeah, they're thinking about, you know, they basically shack it up for life. Partners for life, man. We'll see. What was that, the uh, Boise State-Oklahoma game in the uh, Fiesta yeah. Bowl when the running back got on his knee right after the game? Iconic. <laughs> it was iconic. That still is one of those viral moments that people talk about. So, and this would be um, an iconic moment. So, yeah, yeah, well, you're, you're, I, Just turn it off if they lose, Ty. Cause it- Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. May have it. Well, the, the Chiefs, he's not doing it if they lose. Oh, sorry, if they if, if they, the, Chiefs if they win. win. Yeah, they win. Another Super Bowl, go back-to-back. Back. Yeah, it's good perspective right there, Rod and Rod's rant. It's not that much, and uh, you, you have to explain what you're annoyed by, I think, if you're annoyed by little flashes of Taylor Swift up in the luxury box. Uh, the funniest part was when Jason Kelsey was up there, and he was the one taking his shirt off and jumping in and out and doing the, <laughs> the crazy man bit. Yeah. I thought that was tremendous as far as entertainment goes. And, yes, they flashed to a lot of different things. How, how often do they flash to the, to the Cowboys owner, Jerry Jones, during a Cowboys game. 
uh, a lot uh, to show his reaction to things, good and or bad. Yeah. That's, a, that's a staple of a, of a TV production because it is a TV show, Rod. At yeah. the end of the day, it's a so. game, but it's a TV show. And that's what the NFL has done better than any other sport is taking their sport that people have passion for and making it a, TV, a consumable TV show. But it had uh, to because, like I said, it's only 18 minutes of action. You sure. Know, NBA games, what do you get? Or soccer, you get, what, 40-something minutes of action in some it's of those more games? You know, the NHL, you get 40 yeah, a lot of stoppage of time and reviews yeah. and commercials. You got to uh, find a way to entertain the people outside from that 20 minutes. That's exactly <laughs> right. All right, good stuff right there. We'll come back when we do. We'll uh, pick up those thoughts and your thoughts on it. 512-447-3776. Some bullish or BS for the end of the hour. Also, Jerry Jones, mixed messages. Is he backing Mike McCarthy? Is he putting pressure on Mike McCarthy or both? Uh, we'll continue to have that debate here this morning. It's a Wednesday edition. Hook him up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hook em Up with Ian Rod B as we roll through a Wednesday. Here we go. This is NFL fans don't want to Satanist from the music industry infecting the product. That's what you got to deal with these days. Perfect. Um, <laughs> Taylor Swift is owned by the Pentagon. I love it. Taylor Swift <laughs> should do the halftime show. She won't do it. She's already it, been asked. They, uh, they don't want to do it for free, though. They they want you to pay for your own. Pay yeah, your they way. asked her. They asked her She's like, way back, and she said no. This was way before even a relationship with Travis Kelsey was out there. Uh, this says, let me ask you, resident Texans fans, we're watching the Chiefs-Texans game. Does the, do the Taylor Swift shots not bother you? It's out of place. It wouldn't bother me at all. No. I not really even don't a little bit. I, I actually, I think it's – I like it. I'm not opposed to it. I actually don't mind the sal- a little salaciousness with my <laughs> with my uh, football product. I don't mind that. I, mean, I do NBA, know. NBA fans, y'all should be used to it. If you're an NBA fan, they do, they do salacious gossip type of stuff all the time. No They're one watches the NBA, kind of though. That's the thing. I know, but it's a, <laughs> no. But I'm just saying, like I'm saying, NBA fans are used to it though, because it's, it's a TMZ league, um, and some people do watch the NBA. But yeah, the NFL they want they want to expand their uh, their fan base. They want to grow these demographics, and they understand that this is a unique opportunity for that young ladies will watch the game just because Taylor Swift is in love with a really famous all time great football player, and with those connections, Matt, why not use the opportunity to Get introduced a game to young girls. If this carries yeah. into next year, that's when I'm going to have to start having some serious issues. Well, if they get married, she's going to be at the yeah, game. She'll be at the game. <laughs> um, like, that's the whole point of what I, we're talking I, I'm, about. I'm just saying, eventually, I, the tide is already turning on on her and Travis Kelsey. Eventually, people are going to hate both. Well, of them. And, and, and she and doesn't. Ty, let's not. Let's not. That is that. That's on political lines too, by the way. And you, I mean, that this is falling along that uh, you know Travis Kelsey did the commercials for Pfizer. And well, there's that. Pfizer. I'm not even of talking course, about that. Is, I'm, I'm, I'm just talking in general. People don't like like when something's pushed in your face every single day from every it's angle. It's not pushed in your face. Rod just gave you the numbers. 22 seconds in a game. I'm saying so. 22 I'm seconds social, of three and a half just, hour broadcast. It's not just about what's on TV. But I'm, I'm not going to stop complaining about it. I'm just saying it's if you choose, if you go on any kind of social media or watch TV, you're going to see both of them guaranteed at least five times. Okay. Whether yeah. it's a commercial or just an Instagram post showing something, a, a clip it from the game, you know, it's. 
I it, think what E is saying, whatever. though, and I, I agree with you. I think what E is saying, though, is that some of the vitriol and some of the kind of the, 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 neg- the toxicity in the discourse about this topic is coming from people who are basically kind of looking at it from a politically aligned view. Oh, for sure. That they, are, like, say that. they don't like Taylor, because Taylor Swift is it, she seems like she is more the progressive side, the liberal side, and so is Travis Kelsey. Sure. And that also plays a part in how the blowback that is happening. That's yeah, what I'd saying. say that's probably about 30% well, of it. Well, but, but that's a big, still a big, uh, yeah, big, no, that's a big number. No, well, that, that, look, that, and we, it's we, a third of it. Well, but, on this yeah. show and all the shows, when you're talking about the, uh, the, the size of these TV audiences, the NFL draws so many fans. It's oh. from a cross-section of all political spectrums exactly. and realms. We know that. Uh, look, Rob, this is not too different to me than the Colin Kaepernick thing. That became a, the, the political divide. That became a which side are you on argument that we on sports radio, I had a hard time with. I don't want to be on either side, I, you know, Try the whole it. thing. <laughs> but that becomes a political football, uh, no pun intended. And they're trying – they, you know, a lot of people are trying to push this as just that. That, it, you know, it's not just bothersome. This is a Satanist who's trying to pollute the football world. This becomes a political conversation, and you have to pick a side. You have to choose one. They did it with Kaepernick and the, the, the national anthem. Uh, and it, this is the same thing. It's an election year, Rod. Uh, so everyone's got their theories. Everyone's got their anger. Uh, same time, I'm just watching football. And as I've said from the beginning, whether it's fake or not, I could care less. If it's real or not, I could care less. I'm here to watch the football game. And a couple of flashes every few minutes and every time Travis Kelsey catches a pass of Taylor Swift in a luxury box does not bother me. Yeah, but as you talked about, they flash to Jerry Jones all the time. They flash to fans in yes. the stands. It is it is the broadcast. Like that's how they, they have a director that is flashing all the time to different aspects of the show because it is a TV show the yes. number one tv show in america well, and, and she and like i said she's only a part of it for like less than 30 seconds usually or a minute of the, of the entire the three entire, hours like experience three, three and a half hours and that's why it. i say if, you, if you're letting that 30 seconds really bother you over a three-hour broadcast that, that i think that says more about you than anything else and i, I mean, like what do you what do you so and to ty's point about social media you choose to go to social media you don't have to get on social media about, and spend yeah. hours at a time you can not you can avoid that that's easy enough now to folks who say i can't avoid it because i'm watching the game that's fair you can't avoid it if you want to watch your game but at the same time it's 30 seconds of a three-hour broadcast in very short bursts that shouldn't be that big of a deal uh, you should be able to handle that and, and keep in mind your timelines your timelines are catered to you guys that's so you, if you look at your timeline, like people are upset about no, this. That's because you, you, the you, algorithm you, is built. Things yeah, you yeah, want to see. The algorithm is built because you're upset about it, so you're seeing other people. That's why we're all in our bubble because we're only seeing what the algorithm wants us to see, oh, which sure. is okay. other people that think like us. From, from a right. personal point of view, it's it's unav- it's different for me, and I know people are complaining on the text line or constantly about. Some people agree with me, but it, it's unavoidable for me and our listeners because we do talk about it every day. Oh, yeah, we, yeah, well, going, but this yeah. is a topic. I mean, what, what do we talk about topic, on this show? We talk that, about the hot topics of the day. We play the hits every single morning. I don't get mad at seeing are, it on the screen. I'm not tuning it off. I'm not, like, actively getting mad while I'm watching the game. I just get mad when we talk about it every day. Okay. That, that's well, my that's, point of view. It's a huge conversation piece, but I think uh, Rod's I know, it's unavoidable, it but it's just, it's just annoying to me. I'm sorry. And Rod's right on about the algorithm and social media. You are going to be shown what Because I'm on social media all the time. I barely see anything. That's why I'm like, well, what, yeah, what are you following? <laughs> Where are you? Where are you? Your phone's <laughs> listening to you. I, I, I don't yes. Know. It, I, I, don't, I don't see a lot of Taylor okay. Swift stuff you, on my phone. I agree that your phones are listening this to you. This has nothing to do with Taylor Swift at all, but it does have something to do with the algorithm thing. So this weekend, I went to Hibachi, a restaurant with my family. And I was and it good? I, I it was Kobe Hibachi in North Austin, so you know it's right oh, next nice. to the aquarium up there in that shopping oh, center. Nice. Um, we also went to the aquarium after, but anyways, 
So I went to go pick up my girlfriend, and I hadn't told her where we were going. Walk into her house. I mentioned we're going to Hibachi. She's still getting ready. I hop on Instagram. No less than two minutes later, I get five different uh, Hibachi-related Instagram re- Instagram reels on my phone. And I'm like, you know, this is not, that's not the first time this has happened. I'm like, they're just actively listening, and you just have to accept no. that. I don't know how totally it happens, but yeah, I agree. five hibachi. Like, I have never seen a hibachi video on my Instagram ever. Yeah. I say it. I, the words come out of my mouth, and it pops up on my phone. It's insane. Yeah. I'm with you. Well, look, I mean, Rod gave us the story yesterday, and it's now on the news across the place. But uh, Elon Musk announced that Neuralink has successfully implanted the first ever brain chip into a human being's brain. He's talking about telepathy. He's been able to control electronic devices by thinking about them. Yeah, just thinking. You don't have to say it out loud, Ty. They're going to read your mind if you want to get one of these Neuralink, you know, and it's I, black, incredible if you, technology. If you ever watch Black it Mirror, is incredible technology. That the, Netflix, the series. Oh, on I Netflix, love that show. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. Shows. But like a lot yeah. of that stuff is already happening or will be happening in, in the black near future. Mirror. It's crazy. Oh, it's a, it's a great that's good. show. I haven't seen it. Though. It's basically a Twilight Zone, a kind of a modern Twilight Zone cool. that combines like the tech, the newest technological like advances. And then I was right. Sometimes you think like, oh man, that's not possible. And then you read something. The next day you go, actually, they're really close to that plot from Black Mirror. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, no, that, 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 that Neuralink stuff is crazy. Uh, it sounds like right now they already got it in a human brain, and it's the way they describe it, it's working. Like, it's a success. And it would be great for people who have lost limbs and who have to deal with, like, traumatic brain injuries and stuff like that. So, um, this, <laughs> here's our, our we're, we've gotten a million messages, but I this know. one says, Shake it off, Ty. I still listen to her music. I, I, it, I'm, I don't. There's, it bothers me. It just it bothers me because we talk about it every day. That's like I said. There you go. Nothing more than that. That's true. Well, and uh, Rod talked about it because the New York Times did a really nice deep dive piece on just how little she is actually on the games that people are getting so irritated about. Uh, but the game, uh, there are no, ga- are no games this weekend outside the Senior Bowl. We'll talk more about the Longhorns that are participating up there in Mobile, Alabama. Also, uh, I did find this yesterday, Rod, and we talked about it last night on our On Texas Football Longhorn live stream. By the way, if you're looking for that, it's every Tuesday night. Rod's on there all the time on the mm-hmm. On Texas Football channel on YouTube. Uh, I join on Tuesday nights. We do the Longhorn live stream with C.J. Vogel and Rod and myself. Daniel Jeremiah came out yesterday yes. from the NFL Network. And this is that time of year, right? It's uh, right before the Super Bowl and then Senior Bowl's here. Their uh, actual moniker is uh, the draft starts here in Mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does. It does really launch the draft process. Um, combine will come up at the beginning of next month, and then you know we're off into the to the full draft process. It late draft is April 25th through 27th, and Daryl uh, Jeremiah came out with his top 100 prospects. Um, what top 100? Not like draft picks, like how they're going to go pick one, pick two. He came out with his top 100 or 50 draft picks or draft prospects, regardless of position. He does have Caleb Williams at number one. Mm-hmm. He has Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver at Ohio State, number two. Thinks he's the second best player in this draft. Uh, we'll run through some of the tops. But as for the Longhorns, five Longhorns in the top 50, yep. according to Daniel Jeremiah, the highest being Byron Murphy at number 22. And as you pointed out yesterday, that puts him pretty high up among defensive prospects. Because remember, as far when you start putting edge rushers, typically are going to rank a little higher than the, yep. the interior <laughs> D tackles. So Byron Murphy at 22, really strong. Uh, to be that high, he's well thought of in NFL circles without a doubt, and uh, he will likely be the first Longhorn drafted. A.D. Mitchell at 34, yep. as far as wide and this is a deep wide receiver class. Yeah, he'll probably be seven taken in the first round. And A.D. Mitchell might be, or he'll be early second round, mm-hmm. which is kind of where uh, they project him 
because he's not you know, he doesn't have this you know Marvin Harrison is one of the most complete receivers in the draft and decades uh they think he's a generational kind of talent out of ohio state malik neighbors uh at, at uh, lsu has really impressed a lot of people uh he's going to be in that and how about this uh in the top three or four prospects daniel jeremiah has roma dunze yep. the right wide receiver from washington he thinks that highly of him he's right there with marvin harrison jr so it's a really deep rec- receiver class but for the ad mitchell to be at 34 is strong jt sanders at 41 rod Xavier Worthy at 43, and Tavondre Sweat at 48. Yeah. So five Longhorns in the top 50 prospects. 10% of the top uh, 50 prospects are Longhorns. And I, I think, you know, you'll have other guys like Jalen Ford, who's he's not in the top 50, but he'll be taken, you know, somewhere in the maybe third round, somewhere around there. J- Jonathan Brooks is still the considered the top running back on the board. I don't even know if there's a running back in his top 50 prospects. I didn't look. But there I wasn't. Think, I don't think there's a running back in the top 50 prospects for him. So it's, you know, he'll be pushed down just because that's not a premium position. But Jonathan Brooks is another guy that will be on that list. We just talked about Christian Jones, the senior bowl, how he is working himself into being a late-round draft pick somewhere in there. So, I mean, that's, that's eight guys right there. That we're talking about getting drafted if Jay Brooks uh, does indeed get drafted, which I think he will at one point. So, yeah, between – and I I don't think I can remember this much depth for a Longhorn class in the draft. I mean, you're going to have a first-rounder. You'll have – you might have multiple second-rounders. And you're going to have a third – I think you'll have a third-rounder or maybe even a third or fourth-rounder. And I think Christian Jones is going to interview a guy that's going to get drafted like in the fifth or the sixth round for you. You've got – I mean, it's going to be eight guys, and I think you'll end up probably getting a a Longhorn drafted in probably – Five of the seven rounds. I think that's two. And you know I think I mean? it'll be in the top five. You're going to cover – yeah, you're going to cover – my point is to depth. Usually Texas has a lot of guys at the top of a draft. Or some, I think when I got drafted, we had a lot of guys in the middle. Me, Sims, Corey Redding, Derek Docker. We were in the middle rounds, like third, fourth round guys. Um, or, you know, like when recently, unfortunately, Texas had a lot of later round picks and undrafted free agents. This class, I think you're going to have just a depth of talent um, from first-round caliber guys all the way to late-round picks. And in addition to that, hell, I mean, you might have some undrafted free agents. I haven't looked at the class, but usually the undrafted free agents are going to dry up just because guys are staying in school longer and those guys at the transfer portal. So I think that's why Texas won't have as many, and they're having more guys drafted. <laughs> so they won't have as many undrafted free agents as they've had in recent years. But the depth of this draft class for Texas is unbelievable. Well, it's going to be the deepest, I think, and not even think I can tell you, since 2007. Hmm. When Michael Griffin and Aaron Ross were both first-round picks, uh, Justin Blaylock, Tim Crowder were both second-round picks. Brian Robinson was a fourth-round pick. Terrell Brown, Casey Studdard, and Lima Sweet, and that yeah. was that was two year a year season after the national championship game in '06. Vince Young and Michael Huff were first-round picks. Cedric Griffin a third. David Thomas, uh, Cedric Griffin a second. David Thomas a third. Jonathan Scott, Roderick Wright. Those two years, '06, '07, yeah. the Longhorns had you know 15 guys drafted over two drafts. Uh, but this year we could eclipse that with eight because, it, like your year, Rob, when you were drafted, you know, uh, you know, Corey Redding, Derek Dockery, Chris Sims, Rod Babers all mm-hmm. drafted in 2003. But when you were talking about eight players in the top five rounds, yeah, it, it hasn't been that deep in a long time, and you have no. to go all the way back to 2007, which was fresh off of a national championship. Yeah, like I said, I don't remember Texas being this deep in a draft, so it's. It really is a remarkable turnaround for Texas, and it's a, I think, a great testament to how how great this staff has been at talent development. Because uh, these are mostly guys they inherited. Yeah. These are not necessarily the guys that they brought in, um, you know, to be the kind of the new 
uh, you have the new roster, really Sark's roster, the guys that he actually recruited, the guys his staff recruited. These are guys that they inherited, and they did a great job in maximizing that talent. Uh, the deepest draft for the Longhorns ever was 1982. Uh, and that was a yeah, team yeah. coming out of 81 where Kenneth Sims was the 1-1. He was the number one overall pick to the New England Patriots. And that's not the modern draft, right? That's still way more rounds back then, right? Yeah, they, they, they were Longhorns drafted all the way through the ninth round. Yeah, they had a lot. Yeah, when lot Mike Hatchett was taken by the Chicago Bears. What a great yeah. name, Mike Hatchett. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that was a draft that included guys like, as we said, Kenneth Sims at the top. Lawrence Sampleton was drafted in that draft. Mike Babb, the center, went to the Cleveland Browns. Vance mm-hmm. Bedford went in that draft. Yo, that was all the way back baby. in 1982. Uh, so it's been a bit, and yeah, this is this is a really really deep one. 1984 was also a huge draft for the NF for uh, the Longhorns with a ton of guys. So yeah, you go back, uh, you know, to 2007 as far as the modern era. You go back into the 80s um, for Fred Akers to go even close to this, and yes, that was a much deeper draft. Yeah. In the NFL. So you may have a record set. Right, for the modern draft. Yeah, for sure. For Texas. Uh, if you get eight guys yeah, drafted. Eight guys drafted, yeah. 100%. And remember, Alfred Collins and Jade Barron came back. Both of those guys would have been draft picks. No question. Um, later on day three, but they would have been draft picks. That would have been 10, mm-hmm. potentially. Hey, we'll come back. When we do, let's uh, go some bullish or BS on this Wednesday. Some big topics that we're bullish on and maybe calling BS on. Some of you calling BS on the Taylor Swift conversation. Let's hook them up with Ian Rodby. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. It is a uh, fun Wednesday, getting you up over the hump. 11 days to the Super Bowl. Bullish or BS time? Rod and Ty, I'm going to ask you this. Tom Brady did confirm to Pat McAfee yesterday that he will be on the call of the Super Bowl 59 next year. He uh, will be working with Kevin Burkhardt. It will be a two-man booth. Uh, You two are bullish or calling BS on Tom Brady as an excellent color commentator in his first year, 2024, and uh, calling the Super Bowl next year? What's he not good at? (laughs) So I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say one more thing Tom Brady's pretty good at. And I know he studied it for a whole season. <clears throat> he's not going to go out there without having studied it. And He's a king of preparation. He's been, pra- he has been practicing with a coach. He's got a coach, and they've been prepping. So he'll be good. Yeah, he's not going out there naked. Uh, no, no. He will. Yeah, during this season, he didn't confirm this, but he kind of he's been, he's been practicing. I know he has been. He just Yeah, exactly. Like, like Todd just said, preparation for that dude. He's obsessed about it. So I, I, I put money on it. That dude probably – Probably a couple of times a week was doing like mock broadcasts. <laughs> have you uh, like, have you all heard of the, uh, the the proposed idea of having a a in studio Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and Gronk? Ooh, because Bill Belichick's also been rumored if he doesn't get a job that he will be uh, part of the the, the the Fox pregame crew. Uh, that's interesting because I did see because you know you were yeah. Rod, you talked about how because I said maybe Bill Belichick would go to TV and you said why would he be good on TV? He he won't share any information. He but then talk. I saw where Mike Tirico of NBC said, man, because he did some guest spots with uh, NBC, and he thinks he's you know, if Bill Belichick does TV, he'll be great. But, again, uh, until you see him, you don't know. Who thought Tony Romo was going to be this guy that set the bar? And now everybody doesn't like Tony Romo all of a sudden. That didn't take long. Uh, and, and Greg Olson's now out of a job in Fox and uh, with Kevin Burkhardt. I think he does a pretty good job. But, you know, Tom Brady's the GOAT. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Bill, Bill may he may be good at as an analyst, like uh, like on X's a panel and a panel. But I think doing a game broadcast that may be a little much because just his cadence is slow. Yeah, it he's got to be in studio while. somewhere. Yeah, you know what I mean. So if you got him doing like a broadcast, man, that would be that's tough. Because yep, for gotta, me, you got to get the point in. You got to be you know really yeah. quick with it. I, you know, well because they got to have like nine people talking about a football game. I never really understand why it needs yeah. to be you know, nine different people. He'd be great. He, he could do that. He could do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was look, talking about more broadcast. If, if you tell me so. he's going to replace Jason Garrett in the NBC studio, sign me up. Oh. <laughs> I, don't think I, I don't think I've watched much of Jason Garrett, so I don't know. Is he terrible? Um, Is he just It's playing? just Jason Garrett. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah, think he's yeah. terrible. There's much worse. Uh, but I'd rather hear from Bill Belichick talking about what happened in the first half and what uh, adjustments need to be made. You're right. Um, so that would be – because they got Tony Dungy. Um, that would be good conversation right there. No, you're right. Yeah, but Brady, ten, offer. let's not forget Tom Brady, right after he retired, Fox signed him up to a 10-year, $375 million deal and said, hey, TB, you can hang out. You don't have to do it this year. You're good. He didn't want to Wait think about 24. it. He signed it quick, too. Oh, yeah. Wait till 24. Yeah. He's going to be good. Uh, so you're you're both bullish on Brady. What about what about Gronk as the side sideline reporter for for Brady broadcast? He might surprisingly be really good at that, it because of those two's chemistry. Yeah, because he they sucks. Are like, he sucks right now in the studio. We can all agree on that. Yeah, right? I'm not a big fan of, of Gronk. I, he's just goofy enough. But I do think on the sidelines with Brady kind of setting him up and those guys going back and forth, that could actually be pretty good. I said that may not be. That might be good because remember uh, who was it? Was it Siragusa? The, the goose, day. yeah. The goose back in the day. He was actually, but it, it was a different kind of sideline reporter, but he was pretty funny. And maybe Gronk can kind of take that route where he's not going to give you deep dive analysis. That's not really Gronk, but he can give you nice little tidbits and nuggets about the players, stuff like that. And the connection with Brady. Let's throw it down to Rob Gronkowski, you know, yeah. Tom Brady's tight end. Yeah. No, uh, they would have some fun. They would. Yeah. Uh, and I it's like going to be, it is, at least as the confirmation from, from TV yesterday, it is going to be Kevin Burkhart, who's the lead now. Okay. And with Joe Buck now leaving, it, he uh, he ascended to the top spot. Uh, what, do you, what do you have, Rod, in bullish or BS? Uh, all right, let's talk about the Steelers. They are expected to hire Falcons, uh, former Falcons coach Arthur Smith as their new OC. Bullish or BS? Arthur Smith as the offensive coordinator with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like it. I'm bullish on it because I do remember what Arthur Smith did as an offensive coordinator in Tennessee when Ryan Tannehill played his best football they had Derrick Henry as the hammer, uh, as a running back. Um, A.J. Brown was there as a young receiver. That team had the number one overall seed at one point in the AFC, and Arthur Smith was the, the O.C. And I think he got into Atlanta and was trying to do too much. He was. But I think under the tutelage of, of a coach like Mike Tomlin, who's going to expect, here's what I expect, here's what we want to do, I think Arthur, Arthur Smith's creativity can be great for that Pittsburgh offense. And uh, I like it. I do like it. Yeah, I'm bullish. They still need a quarterback. I like his philosophy, though. They do. They need a quarterback, but I like his offensive philosophy. I think it was it it run it ran amok, if you will. It ran amok in Atlanta because I think he it went unchecked. I think you're right. I think it'll be better now because he'll provide Tomlin will the checks and balances yeah. needed for that offense. He went a little bit off the rails with his philosophy. Well, you're not getting Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts. Right? And Drake London, the football, because you believe you're being deceptive. Using them all as <laughs> Using decoys. decoys. It's like, no, coach, your philosophy is flawed. Your logic is flawed. <laughs> if that logic is fair, why is uh, Kyle Shanahan not using Christian McCaffrey as a, it's more of a distraction? <laughs> Instead, he gives him the ball 25 times a game because he's uh, his best player. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, this man. All right, we'll be back. We'll hook it up. Uh, rolling on.